0: I told you, when I first came in this morning, you looked good, you sounded good on that, that's cool. See, it raised uh, your becoming factor, your becomingness. Um, appreciate that. I want to talk about this morning the whole subject of Christians singing. We all sing, we sing uh, different degrees, I guess, different of us sing different ways, but from uh, the car to the shower, to the concert, to the birthday party, uh, We sing. Uh, We sing in church. And our singing in church, well, that's different. And the reason it's different is because the subject matter is different. We sing of God. We sing to God. We sing about God. We sing for God. And our singing is engaged with God and with angelic beings and Forces that we're not just singing ourselves, but together with the saints and angels before us. It's like the praise of God is, is, is going someplace beyond the room. And that makes singing with the church and in church different than all other singing. It's, it's just on a different Plane, a different level. Um, and we need to see the significance of that, the beauty of that, and understand that's why God is, is commanding it, seeking it from us. Um, let me ask you a, uh, a survey question. I'm going to give you four possible answers and let's see how good you do, okay? To to one question. I'm going to read a scripture verse. And I'm going to ask you who said it. The, the verse is I will proclaim your name. To my brethren, in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. I'll read it one more time. I will proclaim your name to my brethren, and in the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. Who said that? Was it A, King David, B, the Apostle Paul, C, Jesus, or D, both A and C? David and Jesus. All right? Was it A? Who did I say? King David. Was it B? The Apostle Paul. C? Jesus. Or D? A and C? The answer is David. C? Jesus. The answer is D. That's right. Y'all are so smart. It was both. King David and Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 2. I'll show it to you. That's where it comes from. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11 and 12. Hebrews 2, verse 11 says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So the he there is who, it's, it's Jesus. Um, he's not ashamed to call them brethren, that's us, saying, and this is how he does it, and he's quoting now from Psalm 22, verse 22, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. So here we find Jesus quoting King David which is why the answer was both David and Jesus. They both have said in the midst of the congregation to their brethren, I'm going to sing and I'm going to sing praise. You want to be like Jesus? Then you've got to sing. Christ was not just a preacher, he was also a singer. He sang in the midst of the congregation. He sang to his brethren, with one another. King David was also, of course, David wrote most of the psalms. We know he played the guitar, known back then as like a 16-string harp that he could carry around and sing to his, his sheep as a shepherd. He was a guitarist. He was a songwriter. Want to be like King David? He sung with his church. Want to be like Jesus? He sung with his church, and he continues to sing. That's what Christ being in our midst takes our singing to a whole different level. Um, there have been plenty of people throughout the years, you're not the first one, some of you here, who think precedence should be so strongly given to preaching that you really don't need to give any emphasis to singing at all. And some people think singing is just, you know, that kind of warm-up thing for the sermon. They just need to get the blood pumping in the congregation's veins so that they can be attentive for the sermon. If, if Hebrews 2 verse 12 was all we had, it, it would seem like the, the singing and the preaching are equally divided, which is basically what we have in many churches today. That when you sing six or seven songs and... You take up half the time, and the other half the time is with preaching. Now, that's not all we have, but if that were all we had, it would seem like they're both given equal weight. What I want you to see from that is not that preaching's unimportant, but I want you to see that singing's not the rival, it's the complement. And it's not just a warm up ingredient, it's a primary and essential ingredient of worship. Our singing, Uh, and it is requested of us, even stronger commanded. Look at Ephesians five, verse nineteen. This is our text really for this morning. Although I I like to use the whole Bible, Ephesians five. This is my series going through Ephesians. Um, We just finished last two weeks. Verse sixteen, making the most of our time. Verse seventeen, last week, uh, knowing the will of God. Verse eighteen, we've already spent. 20-some-odd weeks on what does it mean to know and be filled with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Interesting to me. Can can I take a quick rabbit trail? Uh, Right after he says, verse 18, be filled with the Spirit. Notice what Spirit-filled people do. If you're filled with the Spirit, he, it doesn't put period, be filled with the Spirit, period. He just goes right in, flows right in. A, a Spirit-filled person. If you're now filled with the Spirit, you will be speaking to one another, Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. You'll be a singer. If you're filled with the Spirit, verse ni- uh, See, that's 19, verse 20, Always giving thanks. It keeps going. For all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, to God, even the Father. For all things. You're you're a grateful person in all things. And then notice verse 21. And be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. Before we get to a period. So you're filled with the Spirit. Notice these three things. This is my little rabbit trail. If you're filled with the Spirit, you have a melody in your heart. You're a singer. Number two you're always grateful, you're satisfied, content, um, grateful human being for all things, good or bad. You're finding some way to, to give praise, you got this melody, and you're just, you're just a grateful person for everything, good and bad. And then number three, you're, you're, you're such a servant, you're submissive to one another. Life is not about you, it's not about what you can get, but it's about how you can serve and minister to others. Now, that kind of person is extremely easy to get along with, live with, isn't it? Someone who's got a melody in their heart, they're positive, they're upbeat. Someone who's grateful about everything. Someone who is living to serve and be submissive to others. That's a spirit-filled person. That's the person we should be seeking, that's the person we should be developing, that's the person we should should want to be. If you're um, seeking to be the best spouse you can be, what what do you need to do? Be spirit-filled. Because if you're spirit-filled, it's going to you're going to develop into this person who's who's got this melody in your heart, you're singing, praise to God, you're always grateful about all things and you're so submissive. To one another, wanting to serve and minister to folks and build them up. If you're seeking a spouse, are you seeking one who is spirit-filled? That spirit-filled person is the kind of person you can live with forever. They're just so fun to be around. So it's, it's it's worth the rabbit trail a little bit to see the bigger picture. I'm breaking it down into parts this morning looking at the singing part. But being spirit-filled. That's why we spend so much time trying to to say, what does it really mean to to know and understand the work of the Spirit and be so consumed and overwhelmed by Him? We need to be singers. Uh, This is commanded here in Ephesians 5. The complement to that is Colossians 3, verse 16. Let me show you the command there as well. It says, Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms hymns spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to god he says, i want you to teach i want you to admonish i want you to build one another up and and one of the ways i want you to do that is by singing i want you to sing psalms hymns spiritual songs this is god's command to us that we be singers um I still hear people saying, you know, I just prefer to come to church, you know, in time for the preaching. And thinking that will flatter. Well, it might flatter me, or I'm glad you like, at least like that part. You know, but does it flatter God? When He's the one giving the command to say, I'm looking to hear you sing. And I've asked you to sing because it's it's... It's not only good for me, I I want it, God says, but it's good for your brethren that you sing in their midst. I mean, that's what Jesus did, right? And that's what David did, right? And it's good that you sing to one another, which is one of the reasons, I, if I had my preference, really, I would turn both uh, uh, groups of chairs on right and left even more inward. I know you want to see up here. But I've always wanted you to see each other, too. Because there's this element which we're family. We need, it's, it's not about a performance by me or the band. It's, it's about our performance to God. And our, we need to see our team. We need to see our family. We need to see one another. Because we're constantly boosting up the whole team to give praise to God. And seeing one another is important in that regard. He says we need to be in the midst of one another and offering our praise to God as He's commanded. Um, Obviously, do not have the time to give you all of those commands. Over 50 times in Scripture, God specifically commands singing. Over 400 references to the people of God singing praise. I mean, this is not a small subject matter. You know, when you start trying to look at the whole thing and see what what is God really saying here in Ephesians five nineteen, when he says, I need you to sing. He says, well, it's the same thing I've been saying 50 other times. It's the same thing I've been illustrating all through the life of my church. I want you as a congregation in Ephesus, or you in a congregation in Colossae, or you in a congregation in Anderson to get this. And I want you to be singing too. Uh, I want to break it down into two categories. Notice in Ephesians 9, there's 2, 5, 19, excuse me. There are two audiences. It says, Speak, speaking to who? One another. So some of our singing, you know, I've been in churches where they say, <clears throat> well, the singing's too horizontal. It, it's too much about us. It needs to be about God. I said, well, there's a command for it to be about us. It's not an exclusive command. It's also a command for it to be about the Lord. Keep reading. Speaking to one another. Psalms, spiritual songs, singing, making melody with your heart. To who? To the Lord. So there's two audiences. We're to be singing to one another, and we're also to be singing to the Lord. It's both and. We're we're part of the same family. God's our Father. We're brothers and sisters. Sons and daughters of God, as we've been singing. So understand that we're not just here for god we are but we're also here for one another uh, to use our gifts to use our presence to use our songs our praise um there's been plenty of times i don't know if you've experienced it i i know many 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 times i've come into the sanctuary to the house of god to be with the people of god and i've been down i've been distressed i've been burdened i've not wanted to go on i've not wanted to be here And I I look around the room, and and I can see the smallest kid or I can see the oldest saint just caught up in some song to God. And it changes everything for me. It's just so encouraging to just look across the room and say, well, even though I don't get it this morning, that person does. That child does, or that older saint, they get it. And it it encourages me, and it builds me up to the place where God speaks to my spirit. You can get it too. Get there. Be here with me. I'm in your midst. I'm Emmanuel, God, with you too, not just with them. And so in the sanctuary, this this singing to one another, it's for our benefit. And it's huge in the way it encourages, which is why you are missed every single time you're not here. Somebody misses you. And your presence in praise is bringing, your lack of presence is bringing us down. When you're here, it's bringing us up. Uh, we, we need each other. This is a constant, regular Sabbath ministry we have to one another. Sing for one another. Some people think that for some reason sounds, I don't know, too human, too self-centered, too, too man-centered, to sing praise to one another. I don't think so. I mean, it's commanded here, but get beyond that. Think about my praise of my wife. I can, I can praise my wife just straight to her face. I say, honey, you look marvelous. I can say that. I can come over here, and she's in another room, and I can say to you, have you seen my wife? She looks marvelous. It's the exact same praise. One was to her. The other was to you. Was one man-centered and one God-centered? No. They were both exalting her, and, and, and you could come to her and say, you know, you weren't in the room, but David really said some nice things about you. She feels just as wonderful when it happens over there as she does when it happens over here. And God's the same way. God says, you can praise me directly, and I'm thrilled. You can praise me horizontally among yourselves thinking I'm not even in the world room, I'm still thrilled. It's still praise to me, even though it was praise directed towards one another. That's still praise. And that's what God's commanding here, is that there's times where we just just say it to one another. It's certainly man-directed and man-centered. It's man-focused, but at the same time, it's God-worthy. And we need to see the value in that. Sharing with one another specific, I want you to know I serve a good God. I praise Him. I exalt Him. He's done this for me. He's doing this for me. And the whole intent of singing the song is for someone else to hear it. Knowing that God is pleased that we are directing it towards one another. Because God sees the benefit in His family doing this for one another. I hope you see it well. Um, it doesn't mean we are to eclipse the Word of God or preaching. We're not going to become so focused on singing that we miss preaching. Look at, just so you get it, First Timothy uh, chapter 4, uh, very clearly uh, emphasis on preaching, and I won't get away from that. Uh, Paul is saying to Timothy, verse 13, until I come, give attention to reading Scripture, to exhortation and teaching meaning the exhortation and teaching from Scripture. Uh, Don't neglect it. Um, Certainly, I don't know of any particular example of the Apostle Paul or Timothy or or Jesus singing their sermons. They still preached their sermons. They still taught. They still exhorted. But we have examples that they also sang. That's why I say they complement one another. They don't compete against one another. Uh, congregational singing should be a primary ingredient that uh, we're engaged in. It does so much for us. It also helps us remember stuff. Look at uh, Deuteronomy 31. This is, uh, God knew the people were going to become ungodly at some point. And so he tells Moses, I want you to, to write a song. And then he gives the reason for the song, uh, Deuteronomy 31, verse 21. And uh, he says this Then it shall come about. When many evils and troubles have come upon them, this song will testify before them as a witness, for it shall not be forgotten from the lips of their descendants. Um, It was cool. We just sang that last song that we sang because so many of the kids knew it from their covenant kids' classes and Bible school and different places. They've sung it. And one of the disadvantages we have growing up in life is from uh, birth to whatever, first grade, uh, we can't read. And so we're so word-centered when we have our words of songs before us. We can read them, and i often look around and see the kids, and I think, I'm so sorry you can't read yet. You know, Be patient. Hang in there you know, for five or six years, and, and you'll get there. But so many of our little kids could sing that because they had it memorized. And that's what God was saying here to Moses. He says, give them this song, they'll memorize it, their kids will get it. And the generation down the road, when people are turning away from me, they will remember me by their song. The song is is a tool I want to place in the congregation's hands to remember. Um, There's lots of songs we remember, even without trying, and God is using that for our good and for our edification. Like, you agree with me on that, but i give you a quick illustration of it. Um, how many of you remember a sermon by Charles, uh, John Wesley? Does anybody know any sermon by John Wesley? I don't either. But we can all remember s- songs by his brother Charles. How about Hark the Herald Angels Sing? You can remember it. And it tells you something about glory to the newborn king. It's a testimony. You remember the song John and Charles sang. In the midst of the congregation. When you won't remember the sermon they preached. Uh, and God knows that as well. He uses praise and singing for that purpose. You, we will remember phrases. We will remember choruses. Uh, things people want to criticize. The little ditties. The little ditties we will remember. And they will declare glorious things about our God. And they're good for the building up and edification of God's church enjoy music as the gift from god to us he wants it to be um don't get bogged down when people say well you're just there for entertainment there's a sense in which singing is entertaining it's enjoyable um there's nothing wrong with that god's not a killjoy he wants us to enjoy praise he wants us to sing and be delighted in our singing uh before him it's not about the entertainment it's about God. But there's certainly a lot of joy in knowing God and singing to God. Let me give you a few examples. Look at Psalm 28, uh, verse 7. I think I've skipped over some others I may have planned for you. But I'll I'll move on. Psalm 28, verse 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in Him. And I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts and with my song, shall I thank him? What about the dad or mom that uh, the kid never hears you singing? But you bring that little child into the sanctuary, and you sing these words: "God's my strength, God's my shield, God's the one I trust, God is my helper, God is the one I praise and exalt, God is my song." It's another, uh, you know, advantage to having the little ones with us. They see what matters to mom and dad what's really in your hearts you know we talk sometimes about i I wish people would praise god in the sanctuary like they praise their football team you know in the the arena and i I think we want to do that we're not opposed to that we've just not been encouraged enough that singing is the way we do that And we want to sing, and we want to shout, and we want to praise God. And I want my kids to hear it. I want them to know there's nothing I value. There's no one I love more than God. And, And I'm demonstrating that to them when I engage in the singing to God. I'm speaking to them. I'm speaking to one another as I'm speaking of God or to God. The praise is going both ways, and the family of God is being built up. Look over at Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing praise to the Lord, you His godly ones, and give thanks to His holy name. That's just the right thing to do. Do it if you're godly. Give thanks to His holy name. Uh, Psalm 92, verse 1. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. And to sing praises to your name, O Most High. As I read earlier than the service, Psalm one forty seven. It's just good, and it's pleasant, and it's becoming. So let's sing for each other as God commands. Second, audience, sing to the Lord. Um, not everybody's a musician. God didn't make you a musician. Not everybody can sing. You know, have you ever wished God could fix that? Some of you. You may think this about me. Some of you, you know, you you sound like an alley cat in heat. Have you ever had one of those kind of cats? You know, it just doesn't get any better. It's it's pitiful. Um, if if that mattered to God, He would fix it. He doesn't fix it. He. He says come before me make a joyful noise sing 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 a 50 times sing 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 and you're sitting there but i can't it's not my gift it's not my thing um it's irritating the people around me no it's not if we get why you're doing it if it's the expression of your heart you know i think we sing for three reasons we we sing because it's praise we sing because it's prayer we, we want to talk to God during this time with, with music. And we sing as proclamation. We want to declare something. Like happy birthday. We want to declare that. So we're singing. It's, it's, it's this generation's prayer language. It's every generation's form of praise. It's every generation's proclamation. We're, we're singing. We might not be good at it. It might not sound sweet to some people's ears. But it does to God. He says, sing it to me. I'll take care of the way it sounds. I delight in it. I, I went to so many recitals as a parent. Sorry, my kids. Some of my kids are here. You know, um, some of them weren't very good. They just weren't. They didn't sound pretty. And as a parent, I'm just being honest. But I rejoiced in them all. And if you'd have asked me, at the moment, oh, I got the best kid in the world. You know, it's the prettiest thing I've ever heard. Why? Because they were doing it somewhat for me, in response to the labors and efforts and money we've put into the the training. Um, and God's the same way. This is; these are my children singing. Isn't it sweet? Isn't it beautiful? Isn't it wonderful? He loves to hear. His family sing. He wants it from us, and that's why he says, uh, Ephesians five nineteen says, "Make your melody with your heart." Might want well to circle those three words: "With your heart," to the Lord. What's God looking at? See, he's really not listening so much at the sound of your voice, although he hears it. He's certainly listening for the content of your words but even more so he's listening for and looking for the desires of your heart what are you really communicating here is it really praise is it really adoration is it really are you filled with the spirit so you're you're expressing gratefulness to me and submission to my word and to my ways is that what is being demonstrate it does it truly come from the heart psalm 40 excuse me yeah psalm 40 verse 3 um says it express let me read it well yeah i'm trying to think psalm 40 i used to give my testimony from this passage because certainly something that god did in my life is just changed my singing all, all all the way around Psalm 40, verse 3 says, He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see it and will trust in the Lord. People will see my singing? Yeah. They'll see that my singing is is about someone. It's about God. It's about Um, my desire to be under Him. It's about His exaltation, His praise. People will see what they'll see into my heart. They have a a window into my soul when they see what I sing about. When they see what I, I really express myself with. If I'm passionate about my singing, my kids will pick that up. They can't miss it. Because people catch passion. And so if I'm singing with that, With what Psalm 40 is saying, when God saved me, he took me out of the miry pit, out of pits of darkness, set my feet upon a rock, and put a new song in my heart. When God saved me, what he's ultimately saying is he changed my heart. Didn't change my vocal cords. Didn't change the way I sound. But now out of my heart, no matter how good I sound, out of my heart comes This passion for God. And this passion for God, people get. They see it. What does it mean to sing with your heart? To me, that means, that's that's just like singing as loud as you can, in your car, by yourself, but the radio's a little louder. Have you ever sung really loud, but the radio's even louder? And the radio's so loud, you really sound good. Even to yourself. I mean, you just just think. Have you ever just turned the radio back down and and tried to sing the same phrase you just sang? You know, in quiet? Because I've impressed myself sometimes. You know, I got that radio way up. Man, that was good. Let me try it again. I turn it down. Oh. You know... (laughs) It wasn't that good. But if you sing it way up, it sounds really good because it's the desire of my heart. In my heart, it sounded really, really good. I was able to give it everything. And I sounded like I should have been on American Idol. You know? That's what God is saying. Sing from your heart to me. Forget how it sounds. At this point, start with your heart. That's what I'm I'm really yearning to hear. Certainly, there's a place for, for excellence and sound and all of that. But the most important thing is excellence of heart. Do you have a changed heart? Is that heart being expressed, your gratefulness to God for Him being our Savior and our King and our Lord and our Redeemer, and the one we can go to in every situation? Um, Let me share with you some other scriptures that that I'd love on this. Look at Isaiah chapter 12. By the way, another quick rabbit trail. Isaiah 12, big, great Thanksgiving passage if you need something to read this Thanksgiving, okay? It's short. Six verses, Isaiah 12. Then you will say on that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for although you were angry with me, this is a great passage for those in flood water's path for though you're you were angry with me your anger is turned away and you comfort me behold god is my salvation i will trust and not be afraid the lord god is my strength and song and he has become my salvation let's get down to verse six praise the lord in song he has done excellent things let this be known Throughout the earth, cry aloud, shout for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. So there's the psalmist just just caught up. Yeah, I've had some tough times, and God's been against me, but now he's turned, and he's so for me, and he's there to comfort me. And I just want to praise him. I want to thank him for that. I want to adore him for that. I want everybody in all the earth to see that. I want you to listen to my song. My song is to the Lord. And I want you to see all that He's done for me. Um, look at uh, Psalm 5, verse 11. Psalm 5, verse 11 says, But let all who take refuge in you be glad. And let them ever sing for joy. And may, your shelter, and may you shelter them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. So those in whatever storm... If they're taking refuge in you, O oh God, let them be glad and let them sing about it. Let us all see you are our shelter in the storm. Look at 1 Chronicles 16, verse 9. 1 Chronicles 16, verse 9 says, Sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his Wonders, another Thanksgiving passage. Verse 8 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the peoples. How? Sing to Him, sing praises to Him, speak of all His wonders. Look over at verse 23. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, proclaim good tidings of His salvation from day to day. You have there that element. Sing should be proclamation. Singing should be prayer. Singing should be praise. It's all happening right there in that passage. Um, God wants us to sing to Him and for Him and all the time from the heart. Matthew chapter 15, verse 8. Don't lose that. It's a quote from Isaiah. Uh, Let me read it to you. Matthew 15, verse 8, says, "...the people honor me with their lips." But their heart's far from me. We don't want that, do we? You don't want to come in here, you don't want to be in private, someplace singing, and it just be lip service. You're just enjoying the sound of your voice. God says, That's not what I'm after. I want, when you sing to me, I'm after your heart. One of the criticisms of our ancestors was they started singing, they started doing church, and it was just going through the motions. They were just singing through the motions. Called lip service. Our singing should always be different because not only is God engaged, not only the heavenly beings engaged, our hearts are engaged. This is what we really mean. You can sing any kind of song. It doesn't matter to me. You can sing about all sorts of subjects. It doesn't really matter. But when you sing about God, the heart should plug in. That's what matters most is that now you're singing about what really matters. The subject just changed. And the heart got engaged. That's the kind of singing God wants. Sing to me that way. So let me sum it up. You know, I put down three things for you. Why should you sing? Even if you sound terrible and you don't enjoy it, why should you sing? Number one, because God deserves it. God deserves our praise he's our god he's our creator he's redeemer he's worthy psalm 34 gave you just a reference for it psalm 34 let me read it verse 1 i will bless the lord at all times his praise shall continually be in my mouth read that psalm and figure out why why does he say that because, and, and the answer is, I'm going to be constantly, 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 did you get that? Praising God. It's going to always be in my mouth. And the reason is because He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. It's fitting to give praise to God. Because nothing I have, nothing I will have, nothing I am, nothing I will be, is apart from Him. So he deserves it he's the one I mean if you like what you see, thank him. If you like what you hear, thank him. If you like what you've got, thank him it's just fitting it's 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 becoming it means you get it and it means you think he's worthy. Second, not only praise God because he deserves it, praise God because he demands it. I've given you the commandment after commandment. you see God requiring it once again psalm. A few verses here. God demands it. Psalm 47. Verse 1. Oh, clap your hands. It's imperative. Oh, clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with the voice of joy. Command. Verse 6. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. Like he kind of wants it. Verse 7, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a skillful psalm. So get it, get it right, get it good, do it. God demands it. He wants it from us. He deserves it. And then it's not a mere suggestion. It's not a good idea. It's not what makes us click. It's what God wants. And then number three, God desires it. God desires our praise. Look at Isaiah 43. Here we have God speaking to his people, knowing what he's going to miss because he's redeemed them. He made them. I want you to see a couple of interesting things about the chief end of man here. Isaiah 43, verse 20 says, The beast of the field will glorify me. Did you know that? God not only created us for his glory, he created animals for his glory. And he says they will do it. And the two he picked out here, the jackals and the ostracids. I would, those would not have been my first two picks. You know, uh, but they will glorify me. They will get it. Notice what he says in the next verse, verse 21. The people whom I formed for myself, why were we created? Here's the answer, this verse. will declare my praise. I created beast and I created people for the same purpose. The chief end was to glorify me. They will declare my praise. And then when he redeems us, why does he do so? Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 and 12. So he creates us for his praise, for his glory. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12 says, Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose who works, His purpose, who works all things after the counsel of His will. For what purpose? For what reason? Verse 12, To the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ would be to the praise of His glory. He says, The reason God took the time to love us in advance of us and even knowing our first day. The reason He predestined us, the reason He chose to redeem us even though we as a people had gone astray was to reclaim what He created us for. We were created for His glory. We are redeemed to the praise of His glory. Verse 14, same passage. Who has given us A pledge of our inheritance, that's the Holy Spirit mentioned in verse 13. He's filling us with His Spirit for what purpose? With a view to the redemption of God's own possession. Again, to the praise of His glory. God not only deserves our praise. God not only desires our demands our praise. He desires it. It's it's His creation order. It's, it's, It's His design. We were created for... The Creator's praise. When the created got it wrong, He has to then come and redeem, but He doesn't change His purpose. We're redeemed to the praise of His glory. Which is why we, we teach one another in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Always be praising Him. You're here for that purpose. That's what He is demanded. That's what He deserves that's what He desires. So when you come, it's not just about hearing me. It's not about hearing the band. It's about you coming to get engaged and to share your praise. Um, why is God given His Word on this matter? Well, it reflects God. That's why I ask you the survey question. Who does this? Jesus does. As we sing... We're reflecting the image of God. Jesus sings to his brethren in the midst of his brethren. Um, won't take the time, but maybe you remember the verse. We've sung it here. Um, we used to sing it. It's a real popular song that, uh, uh, Shout to the Lord, I think is the name of it. But it comes from Zephaniah 3, and it talks about God rejoicing over his people. Him dancing as He looks down upon us and rejoicing, saying, These are my people. These are the ones I love. These are the ones I've redeemed. And I'm so pumped and I'm so excited to sing with them and to sing over them, to rejoice in them. So as we come to the family of God and we rejoice in God, we're just imitating what God's doing. It's reflecting Him. It's glorifying Him. It's becoming who He has redeemed us to be. I hope you begin to see that. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Filled with the Spirit, that's what happens. It's one of those things that makes us some of the most wonderful people in all the earth to be with, those who have this melody in your hearts to God. Well, I don't know about you, but maybe... This passage is here just to say well, that's something you need to work on a little bit. It, it, is well, your heart's fully engaged this morning in prayer, in proclamation, and praise. Are you really engaged that way from week to week? If not, you know that's you need to fix that. I need to fix that because the praise, the song, the singing—they're all selected for you. To be like God, to be like Jesus, to to use your presence here the way he's designed it. Let's pray together. Father, let us us take a a moment just to, to reflect on our own hearts. And to say for the countless number of times we... We, we, we gave you lip service. Or just saying it grieves me. That such times have existed. And, and do exist. You desire and deserve and have designed so much more. Have mercy and forgive us. May the passion of our heart be Christ. And may that passion be... Observed as we sing. Even if we're not the best at singing, may it be clear the love of our heart is Jesus. And may not a single little one who doesn't even know they're right from the left, may they may they never miss it. I may not know my right hand or my left, but I do know that daddy and mom love Jesus. I do know that these people beside me love Jesus. Father, may our hearts be, be in our lips, in our singing, in our praise. And Father, may you hear it. May you see of all the congregations throughout the world that this is a congregation that really loves you. Father, see it in our praise. See it when we sing. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.